good. Yeah. I hear it every day. Like I'll be like, what, yeah. what guest do you want to have on the podcast? I think you should go have a baby. <laughs> That's yeah. usually how our conversation Well, no, no, we first get married. <laughs> yeah, yes. Let's do it in the water of... Oh. Um, Hi guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn, and today we have a very hilarious and fun episode. I interviewed Kim and Grandma Gail from Excuse My Grandma. They gained a huge TikTok following during like kind of pandemic um, when Kim moved back in with her grandma, and it's called Excuse My Grandma because her grandma (laughs) has some very opinionated feelings about every subject about dating, about um, just generational differences in the world now. And Kim used to have to say, and probably still does, like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, excuse my grandma. And that's how it was born. So they have now grown their TikTok to over 400,000 followers and they have their podcast. And so we did a little bit of a podcast swap. I'm going to be on theirs. They're going to be on Vulnerable today. And I love the episode. I was really just picking Grandma Gail's brain about her thoughts on everything and how to have a successful 60-year-long marriage. Um, And I don't have any grandmas to pick their brains anymore. So it was just nice having her and her energy here in the studio. And I think you guys are going to love it. I think it's going to crack you up. I was laughing the whole time. Um, Yeah. So without further ado, here is the episode. Okay, today in the Vulnerable Studio, we have Kim and Grandma Gail from Excuse My Grandma. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Oh my God, of Thank course. You. We have been trying to get this on the books for a while. I know. I'm the worst. Well, it's hard because when we are in different places right. for the winter, we weren't on the same schedule all the time, but now we are in sync and we're here. And Grandma's mm-hmm. exhausted now, now <laughs> that we're in sync. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Kim and I actually met at a fashion week show in February. Yes. Right. And at Dennis Basso, oh. who we love. Yes, we do love him. Yeah, and she came up to me and said, hey, I have a podcast. And I was like, I have a podcast. We should do it. So here we are finally doing it. Um, so we're going to start with What's Going Vaughn. And Jerry Springer passed away after 27 years of doing the Jerry Springer show. So Kim, have you seen Jerry Springer? Well, so that was the year I was born, I guess, where he started. <laughs> so I really should know, and I know the name, but... I don't know if I'm ashamed or not ashamed to say I have never watched it. I don't know him. I know nothing about the success of the show. So what about you, Grandma? But you know what, Kim? He actually changed reality shows the way you know them today. He was was in your face. He was on for many, many years. But his his storylines always were taking families that were sort of dysfunctional to begin with and making it even more dysfunctional. And it would be a lot of paternity conversations. Wait, so Chelsea, that's more like talk show, not reality show. Well, he Jer- was, mm, no, no, it wasn't a talk show. It I wasn't a talk, talk show. show. No. It wasn't a talk show. It was a reality show about how families really functioned and uh, the different uh, situations uh, that arose between daughters, mothers, husbands, sisters. It was very, very way out there, actually. Yeah. And um, he did a lot of things in brown envelopes. There was always DNA testing coming <laughs> into the show. At the end of each show, he would have the the, con- the not contestants, but the people who were on the show at that moment come up and he would present. Wait, did he say you're not the father? Or is that the no, exactly? no, 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 you're thinking of Maury. No, I- no, no. Jerry Springer did the same thing with fighting on the scene. There were loads of did fights. Did you watch it? Yeah, okay. I should not have been watching it. I was like, 
eight at the time, yeah, yeah, but yeah. like everyone, like Jerry Springer makes me think about coming home from school or like missing a day of school when you're right. sick. And then like it was on in the right. middle of the day. And like, yeah, he would have families and stuff and it would be like, we just found out that my sister cheated yeah. on so-and-so. Yeah. Exactly. And then exactly. They'd, he'd bring them all out and they right. basically, he wouldn't even be a part of it. They'd basically just like fight on the show. They would be fighting, constantly The fighting. audience was involved and everyone would be screaming, Jerry, right. Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> he did change show. normal television. For sure. I mean, because he, that was what he, he was really, is going to be known for now. Yeah. Why would people agree to be on that? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I actually don't know the answer to that. I think maybe they just it's wanted a like their, their 15 right. minutes. 15 minutes of fame. They wanted their 15 minutes. So wow. why did he pass away? Do we he know? had cancer. Yeah, he had cancer, oh. pancreatic cancer, it says. So that's very sad. But but um, he was evidently, because the obituaries that I have been seeing on TV, he was very well respected in the entertainment you know, community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so people, you know, he, he had some credibility and uh, was well liked, which was interesting. Mm-hmm. He right. was Say what you want about Jerry, but it was an entertaining show. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was. It was. It was a free-for-all. <laughs> madness. What network was it on? It was on WPIX for a long time. I don't know. Uh, I don't even I know what's going to replace anymore. it. <laughs> Kim, you're thinking about it? <laughs> you know what? This is good. I've always wanted good, to do a family drama. <laughs> well, we could certainly do it. Yes. <laughs> you guys have a lot of family drama. <laughs> Not in that way, not like bringing out the girlfriend of the yeah. brother or whatever that is, but, you know, the normal kind. <laughs> Everyone's got their drama. Yeah. Oh, All right, well, rest in peace, Jerry. He changed, changed the game. There might not have been a bachelor without you. <laughs> I wouldn't be here right now. Right. Yeah. That's correct. Um, okay, so I love to ask everyone, like, age, where you're from, and what your sign is. Okay. I'm 27. I'm from New York City, and I'm a Pisces. Okay, Pisces. What about you? And I am 80, and I am a Taurus, so I've got a birthday coming up, and I'm from New York City as well. Wow. Okay, well, in case you guys don't know, I'm 30, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm a Virgo. All three okay, different, three different signs. signs. Yeah. Wait, we're compatible. Wait, wait. Yeah, yeah. Well, nobody's compatible with me. With Taurus. <laughs> no. Except nobody. So no, that's... some people are. It's an yeah, Earth another sign. Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> wait, what is your husband? A Taurus. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And my mom. Mm-hmm. It's three Tauruses in a house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My family's a lot of Geminis. My sister, my brother, and my dad are all Geminis. Interesting. Yeah. Do you feel that they have the two-face kind of thing? <laughs> I think my I think it's different when you're uh, June versus oh, okay. May. So my brother is a May Gemini, and I feel like he is different than my brother and my mm-hmm. and my no, my sister and my dad. A little bit. Yeah. And do you resonate with being a Virgo? I do, but I'm like very into it. So I've read the whole chart. I've had yeah. astrologists on the pod. Like, so my big three, I'm a Virgo sun, but I'm a Leo moon and Leo rising. Okay, I see that. So I'm very Leo yeah. presenting and I feel like my emotions are very Leo, mm-hmm. but some some Virgo stuff. Yeah. yeah, that's a good mix, I think. Yeah, Leos are like supposed to be like always in the entertainment industry, like yeah. they're the entertainer, yeah. like a lot of models are Leo, so it, yeah. it tracks. <laughs> it's hard to date a Leo though, because the negative of it is like, they can be a little narcissistic. You're yeah. not at all because I feel like the Virgo's balancing that. Maybe, well, but. I don't know. I started a podcast where I want to talk, <laughs> talk all the time about maybe, myself. Maybe the good part of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So speaking of starting podcasts, how did Excuse My Grandma come to life? Like you started it in COVID, right? Yeah. We started in early 2021, I think. And it was during the pandemic. I was living in the city, working remotely, and my grandparents were in Florida And I was like, okay, I'm going to escape New York, go down there for a little bit just because it's nicer and it was more open. And I was actively going on dates. And my grandma, who I've 
always been extremely close to, was very involved in my dating life, like <laughs> telling me what to wear, debriefing before and after the date. And then I was already working in media. So I was like, why don't we start a podcast together and we can kind of talk about all those generational differences of dating. Since she's been married for 60 years, it's a lot different as than it was in the 50s and 60s the last time my grandma was single. And so we started the podcast, started doing some guests as well in all different types of industries, and then did TikTok and Instagram shortly after that. Yeah. I love it. And I love that it's like a way for you guys to spend time together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It's a little too much time. <laughs> <laughs> but but the truth is it was very it was very interesting for both of us because she was still working and she was dating and you know, Florida was open. So Oh, it yeah. was a, it was a whole different kind of environment during COVID. I mean, people were careful, but they were going out, and restaurants were all. All my dates were outside. I feel like in the very in beginning. in the very beginning, but then it sort of it yeah. sort of evolved. But it was interesting because I don't know many people who, in their mid to late, I guess, twenties, are living like with their grandparents and having their two cents constantly. Yeah. So that definitely made for, for some made for conversation. conversation. <laughs> Conversation. It did make for conversation, but I think a lot of families did move back in together true, because true. you know it was it was complicated and people had to take care of their families. It was it was a very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, what's the status now? Are you still dating? Did you find someone? I'm single. Okay. Still dating. I go on a lot of dates. I will say I'm a little bit of a serial the serial dater. dater. Oh. Um, but yeah, no one that I found that like crazy connection with that I'm looking for. So. She gives the good advice. I think I pick and choose what to follow. <laughs> and so that's where I'm at now. Okay, but what, like, how are you finding the dates? Are you a dating app girl? Are you like meeting them in person? Everything. I feel like that's, the, no, but that's the best thing about living in 2023. Like you can have the apps, you can have family setups, you can meet someone in person in a bar, like to have all of these different outlets to meet someone that you're going to connect with, I feel like is amazing. So really I do all of it. Um, the apps a little less so recently. I feel like they haven't been as good. I don't know why. Maybe I've just run through a lot of it. <laughs> you see the same guys. Um, <laughs> a, a little. I mean, it depends on the app, but um, yeah, doing it all. And I also think New York is alive again. Yeah. So, you know, people are meeting, people are entertaining each other. You're going out again with mm-hmm. groups. That's you know. my, le- le- um, like the least amount of, way that I go on dates though of like the meeting in person at a bar like I feel like dating apps and setups go above that okay yeah and it's hard to meet someone actually in person that's like the rom-com it rarely rarely happens I've I've been on like one date in New York with someone I actually met just at a bar organically right um so how different for you is it to hear about the dating apps and the journey that she's on well you know I can only say I didn't really love it I didn't. I don't love the whole scenario of the dating today. I think it's wrong. Uh, I I know what it is. I gather that that's the way you meet people. Um, the problem I have with it is it becomes like picking and choosing uh, a variety of almost looking at a variety of fruits, and you're picking one out. It's like um, ordering it, Uber it, Eats. Exactly. <laughs> it's like getting something in the in the in the package that everything comes out at once. I, I really think that being fixed up by a family member, being fixed up by a good friend who knows you uh, and knows who you might like, really, to me, still is the right way. But, you know, it's hard. And a lot of people live in cities that 
they don't know anyone. Uh, and that, so the dating apps are a necessity today, especially in a big city. Um, and I think it serves a purpose. And sometimes you meet a wonderful person, which is fine. Would I feel better if she wasn't on those apps? Yes, because uh, I just, they still make me a little nervous. But you know what? I'm, I'm from the older generation. Yeah. Do your friends ever set you up? Um, no, not successfully. Yeah. I had one friend that like was like, oh, I have this guy friend. Like you guys would really like each other, blah, blah, blah. And we made it as far as like exchanging numbers. I texted him a few times. He texted me. I was out of town and he was like, okay, when you get back, like I would love to take you out. Wonderful. I got back, never heard from him. And we were like yeah. literally in the middle of planning like, hey, like, what part of Brooklyn are you in? Oh, I'm in yeah. this part of Brooklyn. And then I was like, that's kind of awkward because I feel like it's really weird when like we're both friends with the same person. That's like, what I was going to say. Like you probably will bump into each other again at some point or like it'll get back to your friend. Yeah. So I don't know why. Did you tell him when you were back? Yeah. Oh, and he just didn't. We were just talking about like, oh, what neighborhood are you in? Like, what's a place close near there? And then he just never replied. You see, That's I think rude. what happens is, is a lot of this texting. You know, this, <laughs> yeah. a lot of things go on with texting. People, especially guys, I think they've had it with texting. You either pick up the phone and say, let's meet at six o'clock, wherever down the block or across town and, and make a date. The, I text, would be so weirded out if a I guy know, who I haven't I know, met but called that's, me and was I like, know. what time but are you But that's the free? problem. That is the, a very big problem. That's why you're both single. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, gotta, that. I think it's a lot of conversation over texting. By the time you've already gotten to whether you're going to meet each other, everybody's sick of each other. <laughs> You're over. You've overused the your fingers in this uh, exercise. Yeah, no, that's definitely a generational thing. Because I know my mom. My parents are divorced, and my mom is dating. Right, and she will literally like. I'm like, mom, it's so weird that like she won't go out with someone until they talk on the phone, like right. a lot. And I'm like, I wouldn't go out with someone if we talk. Yeah, about yeah. Like, See, it's, that's <laughs> it's so interesting because you can hear in a voice so many different connotations mm-hmm. that you really don't get in a text. And also um, not in a rude way, but sometimes like I can't get past a voice. Like if it's bad, like I've gone on a date where in the first two seconds, I'm like, I already, I know I don't like you and I have to sit here for two hours. So you could agree. eliminate okay. that. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm That's agreeing true. with you that like, I wish you could have a phone call because sometimes oh. I'll be like, oh, I don't actually like their voice. Have you, ne- when you go out, and this is something I didn't realize. You never talk to somebody when on a first date, you're always been texting where you go. So nobody picks up the phone and say, I'll meet you at seven tonight. No. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No, never. I think COVID kind of normalized that because people were doing FaceTime dates right. and talking on the phone when they couldn't see each other. Right. Um, but before that, no, I wouldn't yeah. be caught dead on the phone. Like yeah. it's, it's almost like, I don't know. It's, it just feels even weirder. Isn't that it, interesting? Because everybody's certainly on their phones. Yeah. It's not like we don't use our phone all the time. I know. I guess it's more just like, what are you going to say if you don't know the person besides, hey, what time do you want to meet? And then it's kind of easier to just do over text. Also, people have different schedules. Like if well, I'm working a lot, like sometimes we work a lot on the weekends right. when someone else might be doing like a nine to five and then how are you going to catch each other on the right time on the phone? I guess. I yeah. guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Phone, the phone's not for me. I am a big FaceTime girl though with my like close friends. And okay. family. Like, yeah. I love to FaceTime, just not with strangers. Right, right. Once you get to know each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So when you were dating, obviously a while ago. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> how were people meeting? Like, how did you meet your husband? I met on a blind date, a family fix-up. And uh, we met, we went out, and 
<laughs> three months later, we were, no, actually six months later, we got engaged and then we, we got married. You know, the difference is we didn't, we weren't surfing and looking around <laughs> for all these different things. You know, if a nice fellow came to your home, knocked on your door and said, you know, after you got on your first date, uh, if they said, you know, uh, we'd like to go out for dinner, we'd love to go to a movie, we would go just for a walk somewhere. Um, and it was much, um, since there was no premarital sex, that was a big issue, you mm-hmm. know, in the 50s. You, you weren't doing that in the 60s, really, for most for the most part. And if you did, you probably got pregnant, and then you had to get married. So, you know, it was a very different society, and the norms were different. Your families didn't allow people just to move in together. You never did that. Yeah. So if you really started going out with somebody and you liked them, things became quickly went into a different stage. They didn't, they didn't, no one was going to live together for a year and a half or two years to decide if you liked the way he picked up his underwear. That just didn't happen. So it was more compressed, put it that way. So you, you had a shorter amount of time, you made a decision and not all decisions worked out. A lot of my friends uh, who got married, and we all got, most of us got married shortly either after high school or after college. Um, they ended up in a divorce. But you know what? The same percentage is today. Yeah. So it doesn't make any difference. Probably more today. Uh, maybe, maybe. No, there were a lot, you know, what happened from my generation, I got married in 1963, uh, women's lib came into um, effect in the early 70s mm. and the feminist movement. And that completely changed how women looked at relationships. And for for uh, many, they were dissatisfied with what their mother's generation had taught them. So that did become a, an issue. But then shortly after the 70s, the 80s, everything went back sort of the way it's probably fine. But women were angry. Uh, that they had been neglected and, uh, you know, been... I feel like we're still angry. <laughs> yeah, angry different, I don't know if you're angry over different things yeah. because there are more women now doing more exciting things than men. I think men are, are not as um, out there. Uh, women have got it pretty good. Yeah, uh, not equal in every way, but yeah. Not equal, yeah. sometimes a little better than equal. Sometimes a little worse. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that timeline at the time, right? Like six months, six engaged, months was married, old, yeah. that was normal. That was normal. Yeah, I don't think people dragged it out because, you know, you you wanted... First of all, it was very much the thing that young people got married wanted to have a family. They didn't push it ahead. Nobody thought, oh, my God, uh, how can I afford a house? How can I afford um, going to school? You did it, and you yeah. managed it. Yeah. And, and it's I, like the guys who say, like, I have to focus on work right now. I yeah. don't have time for a relationship. Like, no. they didn't do that. They no. were like, okay, I... Yeah. want to get married, so I'm going to, like, figure it out. We figured same- it out yeah. together. Yeah. And we did figure it out. I think most couples who stayed together uh, all these years, um, you know, really felt that they were doing it. They were doing something wonderful together. They were building a life together. They built, they, in many cases, the women were at home. Uh, were homemakers, or if they did have a profession, they still had to to figure out how, what to do with their childcare. So either there was an extended family around that helped them. Somebody had to help out if the woman went to work. Right. Um, and it was not the norm that women went to work. I mean, some women did. Certainly, um, uh, they had careers. They they did. They were teachers. They were doctors. They were lawyers. They were homemakers. They were housekeepers. They were childcare workers. Uh, but it was more of a family unit, and you made decisions together on how your life would be. So, if the husband said, "My track is to go 
into selling houses. The wife would stay back and, and take care of the family and support the husband's goal. Or there were some men that weren't as smart as their wives, and they were very smart. They stayed back, and the women went forward. I mean, Justice Greenberg, prime example. Husband was a great lawyer, and when it was her turn, he stayed home, raised his daughter, and she went back and ended up in the Supreme Court. It's hard for both in those days. Ginsburg. Yes, Justice You said Greenberg. Ginsburg. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Thanks. So. <laughs> um, I didn't even hear myself <laughs> yeah, say, yeah. speak, but uh, but it was it's it was harder in those days for both um, members of the family unit to go and work. Yeah, it was very difficult. So, how do you feel about people getting married later in general now? Like, do you feel like? At the age of 27, Kim should be already, already yeah. wiped up, or do you think? That- yeah, no, I, th- I think she should. Yeah. I hear it every day. Like, I'll be like, what, yeah. what guest do you want to have on the podcast? I think you should go have a baby. <laughs> That's yeah. usually how our conversation well, No, but first get married. <laughs> yeah, yes. Let's do it in the order of. Oh, um, my. No, yeah. I do think that, that young women, especially men, doesn't matter when they are, they're always perfect. Uh, but <laughs> women have a time clock. Even though you can freeze eggs today and do all those things which we couldn't do, right? Um, I think there is a time clock, and um, I know women want to have a career, but their career should also, if they really, really want to have a family. Not everybody does, and not everybody has to be married. I mean, that's the greatest thing about society today. You can really choose what you want to do. But if, for instance, you want to be married, there isn't a perfect person. When I listen to Kim and her friends, they're looking for the perfect person. I would like to know who the perfect person is. I Even but Cary Grant said, was not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and he was pretty perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there are no one that is perfect. So you make adjustments. Perfect for you. We've yes, had this conversation so I know, many times. I know. I, nobody is lo- I mean, th- yes, there are some people looking for perfection, they're probably wrong. Right. I am looking for someone perfect for me. I agree. And that is not Cary Grant. I mean, <laughs> maybe. maybe. Well, it would have liked him. It probably would have been. You would have liked like, him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I think yeah. you can find someone that's perfect for you. They're not going to be unflawed. Like they well, will have absolutely. Their, they'll have their flaws and so do I. Right. But you can find someone that's a perfect match for you, mm-hmm. I think. I, I think... <sighs> Perfect is the wrong word. Maybe. I, I think it would be a good match. I'm yeah. not sure perfect is, should yeah. even be in the vocabulary anymore because I find that, that you're already setting up something that's almost impossible. Mm. Um, I, I think if somebody is a good fit, yes. if they've come from similar likes and dislikes and, and you enjoy the same kind of things and have your priorities on the same level, um, then it's a good fit. And then it can work. Uh, sometimes what uh, what looks good in, on paper doesn't always work. So you have to work around it. And um, I'm just hoping the women today, I see so many that are frustrated because all of a sudden the good guy, they say, oh, she got the last good guy. <laughs> there are a million good guys out there. And just as like for men, there are a million good women out there. But it doesn't feel like it. I know. It feels know like that. there's a lot more good women than men, yeah. in my opinion. <laughs> well, because a lot of the the, the girls that, that zoom in quickly, <laughs> and they do zoom in. Wait, what uh, do you mean zoom in? They get, they see there's a good guy walking down the street. They're going to grab him. Yeah. They, you know, the ones you're going, oh, maybe I don't like the way he's got his hair combed. I don't like his pants. His shoes look terrible. Those girls don't think of that. They see this guy. They see that he's going to be make a good living. He's going to, he's sort of cute. He'll be <laughs> fine. He'll be fine. 
Well, it depends, I guess, how particular <laughs> you are. Because if you are a particular person, I don't think you're ever going to get around to being the one who's like, oh, they'll do. Yeah. Like, I, you're like that. You're, <laughs> and that's great. Because, but, <laughs> but I am, I'm a nip, an overthinker. Oh, yeah, that's and I think correct. that would be very difficult for me. Yeah, it almost feels like the conversation around settling versus like yeah. having high standards. Like, yeah, I could pick a guy that is good enough. Yeah. Like, we'll do. And we'll be obsessed with you. Yeah. I'm sure. But I don't want that. I want to pick someone that. Oh, my God, you and Kimberly. <laughs> Goodbye. No. I'm going to be on a walker by the, by the time the two of you make a commitment. <laughs> I don't think I can take it. Do you have siblings? Yes, I have a younger brother uh, who is 21. Okay, so you're the you're the oldest that yes. she wants to have married. Exactly, because all my cousins are like 11, 12 to like twenty. Oh, so, so you don't have any grandchildren? Oh, I, I mean, do. Okay, I know, duh. Sorry. What am I talking yeah, about? Just young, great great younger. Younger. No, I have no, yeah, great, no great grandchildren. Great. Yeah, she, she's she my to, she was my hope. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not was. <laughs> is, 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 is. Yeah, she wants to see you walk down the aisle for totally. sure. Um, okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do tell it like it is. Today, I wanted to let you guys know about Pure VPN. It's a virtual private network service that can help you enjoy online entertainment seamlessly and securely. If you're a streaming enthusiast, Pure VPN can help you access region restricted content from anywhere in the world. You can connect to servers in different countries to access streaming platforms like Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime Video, BBC, iPlayer, Peacock, and the likes, wherever you endlessly enjoy your favorite TV shows and movies. But PureVPN isn't just for gaming and streaming, it can also help you stay safe and secure online. By encrypting your internet connection, PureVPN can protect your data from malicious hackers, malware, and other looming cyber threats. And if you're concerned about your privacy online, PureVPN can help you keep your online activity private from the prying eyes. With its strict no-logging policy, PureVPN doesn't keep any record of your online activity or personal information. So whether you're an avid gamer, a streamer enthusiast, or you're just looking to watch me fall in love, potentially, on Bachelor in Paradise Canada safely and securely, PureVPN is your best bet. So give PureVPN a try. You won't be disappointed. Okay, before we get into Tell It Like It Is, I saw one of your episode titles that I wanted to ask you about, and it was advice on how to be wifey material. (laughs) So I wanted to know your thoughts on this because I feel like I'm sure you've seen it on TikTok where it's like, if he wanted to, he would. And like all these people with their dating rules and how you can land a guy and like what the rules are. So like, and you, you do your TikToks with Grandma Gail's rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, what are a few things that you think are what we should be doing to be wifey material? <laughs> it's like, what would make you a good wife and like partner and mom and in that way? Well, I, I I don't I'm not a psychologist, so I can't really I can't really tell you how to do it. But I I would say you know what you could flatter a guy a little bit, you could make an hors d'oeuvre, invite him up for a drink, uh, perhaps make dinner if it's not too much out of your yes. schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what's the thing that I feel like make you said- your blouse a little low so we could look and see something. Okay. I mean, there are ways of getting a guy. So that's interesting, though, because I feel like wifey material girls don't, like, wear low-cut shirts. Yeah, yes, they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Those are the ones that get the guy. You're okay. all walking around with zippers. <laughs> they're, they're walking around with a guy on their arm. On that note. <laughs> Directly coming for you in your zip, <laughs> your zip sweater. Okay, but everyone says, like, okay, the girls that just throw themselves and wear slutty clothes and oh, this no. and that. 
That or I not wifey. Right. No, that's not the, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I think that a guy. If it, we're talking about women now, we're not yes. talking. We're not emphasizing what the men's point of view. I think a woman is still a woman and needs to be chased because a guy wants to be the chaser, and that's from we've discussed this a million times, Kim and I. Uh, women should not be chasing guys, so they have to say. Come on over. I'll make dinner. Um, show your best points off. I mean, if you're a good conversationalist, talk, but then ask him about, you know, what his career goals are, what his life, uh, what he wants to do in life that'll make him different from everybody else. And I, I think you have to build up somebody's ego. I think it's very important. Men are very nervous. They are not. They are not what you think they are. Uh, they are when the guys all get together, but with a woman, they're nervous. And um, I think what happens in our society today, women want to be equals. And in a relationship, if you're equal, it's not always going to work so great. So I think you have to still be a little soft, a little feminine. Use your little bit of charm and, and sex appeal to to win them over. This is like reminding me of something I've seen about feminine energy. I feel like this has been coming up mm. all over social media. I get maybe it's just my for you page. Yeah, no, I got that too. I think all of these like feminine energy principles and how you have to be in your feminine for the man to be in his masculine. Mm. And I think it's so interesting. I want to. I have think somebody. that's true. Yeah, I think it's true. If you're not going to be in your feminine stage. I don't know what a stage would be, but a fem- being feminine uh, means a lot of things to me. It would mean looking nice, being presentable, um, fix your hair, put a little bit of makeup on. I mean, I would never, when I was going out with my husband dating, I would never not wear a nice outfit, never yeah. not put on some lipstick. And, and you know, we didn't get made up the way we do today, but, but comb your hair, be, be, put your best foot forward. And I think, I don't think we wanted to be treated as equals. We wanted to be treated as, as a lover, as, as a, uh, you know, yeah. a sweetheart. And I think it- Like, you, what does it mean to be feminine then? I meant feminine, like, energy-wise. Yeah. I don't mean, like, looks-wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't mean, yeah. like, looking, dressing, right. being feminine yeah, outwardly. Right. I mean, like, the energy of feminine. Because men can have feminine energy yeah. as well, right. or masculine. Right. Um. Yeah, I just meant like in terms of dating because they say like if you want a guy to chase you, like that's their natural instinct yes, and, right. and they have to, you have to be in your feminine for them to like get yeah. into that masculine role I just kind don't, of like thing. how do you get into that? I guess. Apparently you have to look at these feminine energy principles. I could, oh, okay. I can't tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> well, they say that if you're dating someone that's in their masculine energy, then yeah. it kind of just is a natural turn of events. Like it right. puts you in that energy because yeah. you feel safe to be Feminine and feminine. soft when right. someone is in their like masculine and protect, you know? Yeah, yeah. But it's like if you're single and you're like, oh, I hate men and I gotta do this and I gotta do this and I work, I'm a single like person and I work uh-huh. all these jobs by myself and I have to provide for myself. It's like you are naturally just in your masculine energy because you have to be. So interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's hard to overthink that stuff and you just have to like be. But I also get how it's like maybe try to lean into that a little bit yeah. more on dates. I think you can lean into it. I think yeah. some of the things that you were saying about, right. I mean, stroking a guy's ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, but I think that's what where where it, where it really happens. I mean, it, you can't, you can't, it, relationships are not always equal. And I think that's something that people today uh, think they are, and they're not. 
they're not equal. It, it could be 60-40. It could be 70-30. In many cases, some men want to be overly into the relationship and control everything. If you are the type of woman, and I know many women like this who like that, then that's good for you. That's a good fit. If you're the kind of woman that is very, very strong and wants it her way, then you can't have a man who's going 70% masculine on you. You need somebody who's a little less. So, you know, that's all a fit that you find. And I think that by dating many different people, which you all do uh, today, then you you eventually see who you you like and who you're attracted to. But I don't know though. Like, I feel like all of the guys I've been with, some are like 90%, some are like 10%. Well, then you have to make a value judgment. What, What makes you happier? I mean, to me, to be very truthful, I think uh, many women today would like, you know, almost like a 60-40 relationship. Uh, I really do believe women still like the guy to come home and say, you know what, let's go out for dinner. Uh, Let's let's make a plan. Uh, She might, uh, you know, I I, I think not a lot, but still would like them to take the lead. Yeah, I think. Um, So I think times change, but really not, not all that much. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely want a guy like that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so what would you say is your advice? And what do you think, since you've been in, how long have you been married? I've been married 60 years. 60? Oh, my God. That's to the amazing. same person, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the same person. Sometimes they have to, you know, other people get married several different times. It all adds up. But I, I've been married to the same person. That's to the amazing. Same person. And to be very truthful, we got married. He got, just had. Gra- I graduated college. He graduated graduate school. We didn't have two nickels together. That's why I would laugh. Somebody says they had a prenup. What were we going to have a prenup <laughs> for the sheets that came from B. Altman, which is no longer in existence? Um, you know, I think it was, um, you took chances. You took a chance. That was what was expected of you. You took the chance. And if it worked, it worked. If it didn't work, so you went home to your mother. I mean, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. Okay. Uh, so then for being married for 60 years, mm-hmm. what do you think is the the key to a successful, long-lasting marriage? Let him make the big decisions. This is a joke. Uh, He can invade Russia. He can go into the Ukraine with tanks. And you do everything else. You take care of the children. You take care of the the house. You take care of make sure all things move clearly. Uh, A woman has to be a strong homemaker. And I'm, I really, to have a good family unit, you have to make sure your children are on target. They're going to school. They're respecting each other. They're not bullying. They're not uh, being mean to their siblings. And that takes a strong mother. Uh, not a, a father too, but, but a strong mother. Mother has to be around and be present. And then when dad comes home and the, or the mom comes home at the end of the day, they have to have private time. There has to be a time where kids go to bed, go into their room, do their homework, and you have a private time together. And because there is a life. <laughs> Even though people say, oh, my gosh, you're so involved with the family, there is a private time. You close the door, and then you, if you still like each other, you do what you do. And, and it makes it work. It makes it work. But I also think you can't pick on people's faults. Everybody has a fault. And... Um, Pick your battles. Pick your battles. That's mm. a good one, Kim. 
pick your battles, and be supportive of each other. Because if you're not going to be his cheerleader and he's not going to be your cheerleader, it's not going to work. I think that's excellent advice. (laughs) Um, Okay, my final question that I ask all my guests is, is there anything you want to be vulnerable about? This is a hard one because I feel like I am vulnerable kind of all the time. <laughs> Pisces like, energy. Exactly. I'm so <laughs> emotional and like I want to talk, I want to be in therapy with everybody I meet. Um, but I think like since the topic today has kind of been dating, just in love in general, you have to be vulnerable for it to work. And I think I need to work on that a little bit because date one, two, three, it's really easy to put on the Kim show and like do the same like Broadway production I do every time. But then after that, you have to actually start opening up. And I think being vulnerable in that way is something I should try more to do. Mm. Do you find that you have like a first, second, and third date and then it falls off? Is that like a common? Um, I think I then have to start thinking, okay, am I, do I actually like this person? Because if I keep going out with them, then it will naturally get deeper so I think that's kind of the time where I decide whether I want to keep going out or not. Um, and she gets rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to say it nicely. <laughs> and by the third date, they're gone. The history. Yeah. <laughs> At least you give them three dates. I feel like after two, it's like, okay. No, we have a new rule. Yeah, we have a new thing now. So I was following her advice. Her advice is actually 10 before. Yeah. And I did that actually for like a few years. And then... Yeah. That's so many dates. That's also, I think, I I actually don't agree with that advice. She can still have it. That's fine. But now I do three because I think 10 was too much. Well, I think that my one comment about that was that you really, on the first and second date, really don't know anybody past their name and and where they go to work. Uh, So I think that to go beyond three is important if the other things sort of fit. If you if you're attracted to him, if you think he's a, a, a nice yeah. man, don't or go a nice on three woman, if you hate them. Right, as long as there's potential. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. If if you see a potential, mm-hmm. I think you have to go a little further. You have to go on. Because, you know, people don't open up today. I mean, everybody he's doing the same thing you're doing, uh, basically. He's looking around and uh, he's wondering, is this gonna be a good fit for me? So I think everybody has gotten so off the track of just taking a chance. They want everything so perfect. And as we go, went back to that same conversation, I think perfection is in the eye of the beholder. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And so is perfection. Yeah. I do agree. You don't know someone after a couple of dates. It's hard. And it's hard to open up. Like I'm the opposite of you where I'm not very vulnerable with anybody. <laughs> I started this podcast so yeah. I could try to like be better about that. Um, and I think when you are vulnerable and you share, it makes other people want to share. And that's totally the same with dating. Yeah. Um, you guys have been amazing. I could talk all day, but we have to wrap it up. So please tell everyone where they can find you on socials. So we are Excuse My Grandma on TikTok, Instagram, and our podcast is also Excuse My Grandma, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. Perfect. And we are at Vulnerable Pod on YouTube. You can watch this whole episode. And we're at, I'm at Chelsea Vaughn on Insta and at Chelsea Vaughn underscore on TikTok. But thank you guys for being here. Thank, thank you. you. See you next thank episode. you for having us. Bye.